Yeah, so we could maybe ask, have you have you managed to sustain yourself through this? <laughs> <laughs> or one on magical constructivism might be interesting. Ah, right. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, I suppose. And um, we're here uh, Wednesday evening, just before midterm. And I think this is a very timely uh, topic that we have today. It's sustaining ourselves digitally uh, through the, you know, COVID pandemic. Um, so we have Dermot Walsh here this evening and we've Michael McNamara from PDST. So thank you very much, Michael, for taking the time. Um, particularly, I suppose, after a long, you know, term since uh, August, I'd say this is a perfect sort of uh, juncture to consider what we've done so far. We have the lockdown tonight and what we have to do, I suppose, to sustain it. So, like uh, Dermot and I were chatting yesterday about this and while it's been challenging to kind of create videos uh, about it, we still think it's, it's really important and maybe saying things that might be obvious, but sometimes you have to say these things um, to, to kind of, you know, remind ourselves of, you know, what, what, how, how we could, can do it because you can kind of lose it and, and just need to be refocused. So Dermot, do you have any thoughts there or, or Michael? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we had a brief chat again, as always, Helen, we, we end up having a late night phone call the night before we, we, we go live in these webinars and we try and figure bits and pieces out. Um, and I think there was three, three topics or three points which I noted down in from our conversation. And Michael, if, if you want to come in on this as well, the first one was overloading. That, that was the kind of word I wrote down. And by overloading, I suppose we felt that we, we were overloading ourselves, maybe. Uh, there was overloading of the internet, the, the capacity in your school, Helen, I think you flagged. Yes, and indeed. then there's an overloading with the kids as well. Do you know what the amount of, I suppose there's pressure there, there's anxiety there, there's tiredness there. Um, so I think overloading maybe is a nice key word to, to kick off the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I, I certainly just like it's network capacity, you know, we wouldn't have necessarily tested um, our network uh, in the way that we have to use it now. So there are demands and pressures and, you know, you're trying to adjust and uh, trying to get hardware uh, and stock and so on. Um, so that that's one very practical thing, you know, if anyone's here watching this, you know, from an IT coordinator perspective, I, that's my, the hat I would have on in, in that sense. But there is overload and it's the overload of, you know, I think what we were talking about last night was that, you know, something that would have been relatively, you know, straightforward. And again, I think the other point was the comfort zone. So like say, if you had an information evening or a parent teacher meeting, you know, you know, you're, you know how it works. And, but now we have this level of complexity and you've got data protection, you know, in terms of how do you contact the parents and, and so on. So all the time there's everyone, there's a new learning the whole time. So that's the overload. And that's only one, a couple of instances of overload and uh, that, that I'm talking about there um, as well. And then I suppose the other point we were making is now it's like sort of a stage production, you know, so, and I don't mean that uh, in any way, you know, um, like it's unbelievable the amount that you have to do in the background to make sure things are setting up and linking that looks very seamless and while you know and and then that in itself is a learning whereas you know if you were in school sort of this time last year 
you would have been doing that naturally because you, you everyone would know their roles so the roles are different the, the responsibilities are different and so um i suppose the, the the experience we're all gaining from this you know every day there's there's something new and something uh new that hasn't, hasn't been done before and trying to figure it out you know so i suppose that's why it's fantastic michael that you're you're here this evening because you're coming from pdst and you've been doing fantastic work with all the blended learning and uh i suppose let's if we sort of go into to uh this a little bit more like sustaining ourselves digitally for the long haul. I mean, what that that's the question we're trying to like sort of to, to get at here at, at this point, you know? Um, so I don't know, Dermot, do you, or Michael, do you, Michael, do you want to say anything at this point? Because we're going to yeah. show a couple of videos. Yeah, I'll just tap in really quickly, just to, I suppose, first say thanks a million for, for the invite. Absolutely delighted to link in with you. Um, we have a, a long-standing relationship with Ceci, so delighted to contribute to anything that, in any way that we can, um, and just, I think the theme is ideal as well. Um, I know just from, you know, the, the digital technologies team that I work with, I work with, you know, amazing people on it um, who are linking in with schools every day and myself with school leaders and principals and teachers and, you know, all the staff in the school every day as well. And phenomenal things are going on and have been going on since March. And I think the themes that you picked out there are really relevant ones. Um, I definitely see, you know, it is like a production in terms of you're, you're trying to plan ahead for things, your contingency planning. These aren't things that schools were used to doing before now. Um, we've created a whole load of supports, which I'll talk about in a, bit, a bit later on, actually, just in terms of different ways that we can support schools and teachers. Of course, our, our school support and our sustained support being one of the most transformative ways that we can do that, um, which I, I'll touch on later as well. But just, I suppose, in terms of sustaining our well-being, I know our colleagues in the PDST on the health and well-being team on both primary and post-primary have been doing phenomenal work there um, in producing really practical publications like the, the 120 way to do PE with no, no contact for teachers or just even their new breathe resource is a really nice well-being resource. So there's loads there that are all accessible on pdst.ie. If you just go into the health and well-being section, or even the distance learning section. So I'll touch on those anyway later on, Helen, as well. Great, okay. Okay, so um, do we want to go, Dermot, do you want to add anything more or are you ready to show your um, video or it's up to you? Yeah, yeah, certainly we can, we can move on to the video. Um, yeah, so I'm going to share a screen now, if that's okay. okay. And then we will, yeah, I'll play my, my video on uh, sustaining yourself throughout COVID-19.
Great, thank you very much, Dermot. I, I just think that you know, there's just things again, like uh, Michael was saying there. Just things need to be spelled out sometimes, and you know, even if you focus on a couple of those things, you know, um, and I think that's what I'm going to say as well. You'll see, I, I sort of have this iterative of kind of cycle you're going to see. And what I was going to say as well, thanks very much. Um, I should, Sarah, uh, Jane. If anybody has any questions, you know, just post them to the chat. I'm keeping an eye on it, and we can either answer, you know, um, near the end of the, of the, the webinar. So what I'll do is, uh, without any further ado, I'll share out my little video, okay? In this short video, video, what I'm trying to do is explore how to, how we can sustain ourselves throughout this pandemic. And at the heart of it, um, it's us. And not only are we teachers, we have our family and our neighbors and uh, community to support as well. So what's really important is sleep, eat, exercise. And that is challenging. And I can say that hand on heart, it is challenging to do that and to manage that. And then we have the next layer. And I think this is to communicate expectations uh, to our students, to our school management, to our school community and parents, and what I mean by that is that, you know, people understand that all of these different uh, perspectives, these different groupings understand that you are working to the best of your ability with all the demands. And so to be very clear what you're trying to do. Then I think is the workplace. We are now moving from classroom to classroom. We're potentially also working from home. If we have to isolate or mind a, a family member, um, we could be working remotely again. So having that workplace set up so that, you know, all the, the tools are at hand to make it easy for you. So, for example, if it's at home, you know, you might have two monitors, you know, you might have a little traffic light. I got one in Tiger, so you've red, green and orange. 
um, setting times when you're, you know, working and in school, as you move from classroom to classroom, it's probably taking a lot of time to make sure that everything's in place uh, for you to teach your your subject comfortably. I think then another thing is uh, if you can synchronize your devices so that you're not duplicating um, work and looking for files and so on. So that management of your file system is critical too, where all possible. So talk, you know, with your IT coordinator uh, about that. Um, then what it is we have is the technology itself in terms of your subjects that to be kind and patient to yourself and to, I suppose there's a little inner circle here to focus on the key aspects of your subject and to do that well and to keep on incrementing and doing a little bit more each time and learning new things and so on so that you over time you're building up your skills so that's a whole world in there is of your digital skills and in order to do that there are many many supports out there and so i would consider you know you've got the sessi mailing list for troubleshooting you've pdst the cpd local education centers um your fellow colleagues uh your peers and you've got also um you know look on the you know the internet and you know there's all the you know whether you're with microsoft or teams or you know google or any other uh, technology uh, they also have all these videos in fact i suppose the issue now is like just knowing focus on where um you know there's good resources that will help you consistently and i think most of all and i think i've said it already is be kind and be patient to yourself and then we will get through this very bronfen bronfen brenner ish what does that even mean dermot <laughs> so you know oh, you know you know bronfen brenner is it yuri bronfen brenner and the uh, the micro the meso the macro and the exo all, okay. all of those oh, layers yeah. yeah yes yeah yes. where you're working into the the, the kind of social so well, I, I, well, I, I, I suppose that I'm coming from the computer science point of view, so that, that you keep on iterating and you're, you're, you know, getting bigger and bigger and, and so on. So, yeah. okay, so um, we're going to hand you over to you, Michael. Um, you've got like about five minutes, okay, to talk about, uh, you know, sustaining ourselves digitally from your perspective. Yeah, no problem. So I suppose a lot of the the recommendations or advice that I'd be given. Um, in my little bit here is really based on conversations that I'm having with schools and that the advisors on my team are having with schools as well, just in the last few months about how they're sustaining teaching and learning during the COVID period, but also currently as well in terms of their contingency planning um, and their, their approaches to blended learning. So they've kind of seen what's worked well during school closure period, and they're now beginning to integrate that using a blended learning approach in the classroom. Um, and of course that then feeds into their contingency planning as well. Um, so I suppose harking back to March, we all found ourselves in a very, very different situation very quickly in terms of moving teaching and learning online. Um, and now with kind of COVID cases again in schools, an awful lot of the conversation that we're having is with maybe very high risk teachers who are working from home and linking in with their, their school, or they could be supporting very high risk learners from the school at home 
or they could their pod we'll say could be sent home or their class grouping could be sent home so there is a lot of kind of i suppose unpredictability at the moment and that of course naturally can give rise to, to kind of maybe apprehension and anxiety as well so a lot of the work that we're involved in investing at the moment is really talking to schools about you know what's available for them in terms of support to in some way address those anxieties and try and alleviate that pressure on schools because we're finding schools are kind of really invested and involved in contingency planning at the moment um but it's really i suppose we're always very mindful on our particular team that you know we're, when we're dealing with schools we're dealing with teachers who are very confident in using technology have no problem with it whatsoever but you're also dealing with teachers who may be very new to it who maybe aren't confident using technology and kind of you're dealing with everything in between as well so it's really what we're trying to do is as you just said in your presentation helen just you know reassuring teachers that you know we'll find a solution every school is using a different approach don't compare yourself with other schools because that can lead in itself to kind of you know feelings of inferiority and are we doing enough so what we're trying to really deliver to schools is you are doing enough you're you've been doing so much since march and it's just to affirm all the huge innovative work that we've seen going on um and as you know that we were having a chat before we went live today you can really see i suppose people getting tired now and fatigue setting in as well so i suppose what i wanted to do in, in my short piece here is just highlight some really key supports that teachers can access um, in terms of supporting them to upskill themselves so that if, and God forbid it is the case, but if we do you know, have to go back to a, a situation where we're involved in distance learning like we were before, that there'll be a more seamless transition and that we won't have that kind of panic um, or sense of anxiety around it that we had the last time or certainly not to the same level again. So I suppose in that regard, just to highlight some key supports that my own team have created um, our PDST distance learning webpage is really a one-stop shop for teachers in terms of gaining access not only to our team but to other teams resources as well. Um, the one that I mentioned earlier on was the teacher wellbeing resources. So they're obviously developed by our, our PDST health and wellbeing team and they've created phenomenal resources for teachers in kind of the space of mindful meditations. You can access their whole suite of uh, wellness at work newsletters and it, those kind of go through really simple and practical ways that you can protect and maintain your own mental health and well-being and Dermot you mentioned some of them there in your video as well um, so those would absolutely be worth a look I think for every teacher um, just in in being kind to yourself first so that then you have that energy and you have that motivation um, to give your energy to others as well I know the PDST leadership teams both primary and post-primary very busy as well in producing uh, supports specifically for school leaders around planning um, and you know helping to take the stress out of that process so that would be another really important section in terms of my own team then the distance learning we have the tutorials short okay i see you there helen i'll wrap it up we have our short online tutorials which are all on our youtube channel you can just search for the pdst digital technologies team those have been receiving really positive feedback because they're really bite-sized chunks in how to upskill yourself at home or at school, wherever it suits you. Um, our blended learning toolkit, hugely popular as well, as schools now begin to embed blended learning more and more, because I suppose one of the key things we're saying to them is, if you were using a platform, continue to use it, continue to develop that confidence with your pupils in using it, so that if you do need to move to a distance learning space, again, it would be more seamless for you. 
Um, Teacher CPD, again, have their online courses for teaching and learning and their online assessment courses, which are hugely beneficial. Skullnet, there's over 20,000 resources there for teachers, created by teachers and mapped to the Irish curriculum that are there for you freely to use. And of course, Webwise as well, have a whole suite of resources and lessons that teachers can engage in now um, and also in, in the, the distance learning context as well. So those would be just kind of some of the, the key areas that, um, that my own team would be invested in. Aside from that, I suppose really practical things that I do myself in terms of maintaining my own well-being because I find I'm working more and more and more online now. Um, and Helen, you mentioned them in yours as well. Uh, having a good chair with a good back support is vital for myself. Um, I have a, a laptop stand, very inexpensive one, but it's great because just in terms of ergonomics, it means that I'm sitting upright a little bit more um, and turning off email notifications after half five because um, I'm the worst. If I see one coming in, even if it's at 10, 11 at night, I have to look at it. I mightn't reply, but I have to look at it. And then that kind of gets you back into your, your workplace space as well. So turning off the notifications after your working day is really important as well. Fantastic. Great, Michael. Really, really, really great. And thanks uh, for uh, Dermot and Caroline, uh, who's put some of the links there. So that's, that's brilliant. So Dermot, I hand it over to you. You're, you're the, the question master here. So Michael's on the spot here. Brilliant. So Michael, here, here we get to interview you with, uh, so I suppose for, for anybody who's, who's just joined us or is unfamiliar with the, uh, the layout of our, our uh, what would we say, our very high stage production webinar, uh, Helen, yes. We like to grill, we like to grill our, our uh, special guests with eight questions. Uh, now we should, we should let them know, Michael, you have prepped already, is that correct? I have done a bit of preparation, I have, yes, I have a cheat sheet here beside me. <laughs> I need and, also, and also to add that Michael has one minute to answer each of these questions, so we're, you know, because we're, uh, try, we're mindful of that it's eight o'clock on a, on a Wednesday night after a, a long sort of half term. Okay, okay, term. It's the one minute bit that's actually worrying me more than the answering yeah. bit. It's to very that. hard. It's very hard. My initial spark was definitely lit back in my own primary school and secondary school, where I suppose I was very fortunate to go to very progressive schools here in Galway that you, you know, the teachers used digital technologies. And really, I suppose from a very young age, I could see how it afforded me another way to learn that wasn't the typical way that we were learning. So in that it was different, it was new, it was obviously exciting. Um, and that for me created a lot of enjoyment and motivation. And then when I became a teacher myself and I was using it in the class, that initial spark kind of developed more into a flame, we'll say in that I could see the motivational features and how really learners are immersing themselves in the learning experience, whether it be they're creating their digital story or they're, you know, updating their digital portfolio or whatever it might be. Um, and I think for me, I can see when they're using digital technologies, how they're maybe accessing deeper levels of learning because they're having to go and search for the content online. They're having to be critically um, aware of, you know, is it fake news? Is it, is it a reliable source of information as well? So you're developing a whole range of digital competency skills along with curricular as well. I suppose this links probably with my last question. So definitely I think it, the increased engagement and motivation for me was uh, the huge outcome for using digital technologies for teaching, learning and assessment. 
Um, as a teacher, I really tried to, I suppose, use different types of approaches in the way that I taught. Um, and digital technology for me was, was really a game changer. And after a while, it just became another methodology. Um, and as the learners became more used to it, you know, the focus wasn't on the technology. And that's a key, I think, thing that, you know, my own team are always really cognizant to, to, to um, disseminate as well, that the pedagogy has to come first and then the digital technology simply just supports that. Um, and I really saw that being the case in my own classroom where the tech was fantastic, but it nearly became secondary to the topic that they were learning after a while once they became familiar with it. And I suppose it really uh, motivated maybe the more reluctant learners or maybe those who were a bit shyer to provide their opinion in the class situation verbally, um, but they were a lot more inclined and a lot more comfortable to do it maybe digitally and they could see their opinions then being valued amongst their peers as well in that way through using digital technology. So for that, for that reason as well, um, I just thought it was a great way to, to engage learners and support their learning. I, this I gave a lot of thought to because there, there are so many examples that I could give. Um, the one I suppose that really stuck out for me in my own teaching in my classroom and again with the PDST because we see it all the time is engaging in formative assessment using digital portfolios. Um, I think it's a really transformative way to engage in formative assessment, not only for the learners, but for the teachers as well, because it really enhances the teaching and learning experience meaningfully for both. Um, so I've seen in my own context, pupils critically engaging with their work. Um, so it definitely, I suppose, in that I was asking them to select their own pieces of work, they were more inclined to critically engage with them, have a look back over, make revisions, make improvements, self-edit, ask the friend beside them. So you could really see that although we were using technology, the technology was really driving on the formative assessment approaches like you have your peer and your self-assessment there. Um, and of course, in using digital portfolios, it, it really facilitated me to give feedback in a way that suited the learner as well. I could give written feedback, I could give oral feedback. Um, so it was great and it really encompassed for me as a teacher, a running record of their progress throughout the year, which I found really useful as well. Yes, so I suppose a key message that myself, and again, I would have mentioned it previously, the key message that we're always, you know, I suppose advocating is pedagogy comes first and the technology supports and enhances that. So I think, first of all, as a teacher, the, the trick is to look at the content and look at the, the learning outcomes that you're trying to achieve and then just select the digital tool that helps to support and enhance that. Um, and in selecting the technology, then for me as a teacher, it's really important that the technology that I'm using meaningfully enhances the learning experience, that it's not more of a tokenistic kind of integration, that there is some sort of, you know, active engagement by the, by the learner with the content. So I think, obviously, when, when you're, you're looking at kind of the educational use of technology and one of the outcomes, it definitely supports curricular learning. Other notable outcomes for myself, again, I suppose, I just saw that pupils became so immersed in their learning when they were using digital technologies and they were accessing kind of maybe deeper levels of learning that they wouldn't have before if they were just kind of, you know, doing an activity from a book. Um, and of course, they're increasing their own digital proficiency skills as well while they're engaged in all of that without even realizing it. Um, and then you can see as well, I think, because the, the pupils and the students that we're dealing with are so used to technology outside of the classroom, 
when you use it in the classroom, it's a, it's a more seamless transition than you would think. Um, and that in itself can generate motivation for the learners because it, it reflects their real life that bit more as well. So look, I think at, it, at its most basic, I think education should meet the needs of the learner. Um, and in thinking about that in more basic terms still, I suppose, what do we want learners to know or to be able to do by the end of their schooling that will enable them to participate effectively in society? And I suppose not just participate, we want them to be able to thrive in society. Um, and when you think of the society that we're preparing our learners for, it's one that's ever evolving. Um, we, even in the last couple of months, we can see how school in and of itself has evolved so much more in terms of digital learning and society following suit, of course. So obviously, you know, I think education needs to be adaptive. It needs to be flexible. It needs to uh, be informed by those changes. Um, and I think that, you know, we're really good at that in Ireland because even, you know, one example being the, the, uh, the work that the NCCA are doing, incredible work on the primary curriculum in terms of the structure um, of it in particular and, and how they're integrating digital learning more into that. Um, I think we're really, really good at that. I think we do view education as being flexible and adaptive in Ireland. And I think that's definitely one of our strengths in this country. Knowledge can be transferred in, a, in, a, in a, you know, a number of ways, kind of from the more transmissive to the more transformative models. I think one of the more transformative models that I have seen used to great effect um, would be learning through experience. Um, a lot of the work that you know, the, the advisors and myself on our team would do when we're working with teachers, be it within their classroom or in small groups, or it could be in seminars, is providing them with opportunities to actually experience digital tools and how to use them rather than just telling them how to use them because you know it's, it's a it's a more effective form of learning if you can actually model something have the learner experience that learning experience and then apply that to their own their own context or their own situation and i think it's the same for for learners in our classrooms as well that the more that we can provide them with learning meaningful learning experiences the more effectively they will learn from that and develop a sense of maybe ownership over their learning as well. I definitely think that there are loads of different, obviously, you know, forms of pedagogy, and I think each has their place, absolutely does. Um, in my experience, using constructivist pedagogical approaches works really, really well. So kind of more to the, the right of the, 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 the continuum that you were looking at previously. Um, a lot of the work that we do in the PDST would centre on um, experiencing constructivist pedagogical approaches with teachers um, and then kind of exploring how they can embed that approach within, within their general teaching, learning and assessment in the classroom. And I suppose in, in talking about constructivism, you know, we're talking about it in very broad terms. So that would encompass, we say, individual constructivism, where you might have a student creating their own digital story. It could be social constructivism where you may have students or learners working together on a project so that they're learning from each other while they're immersed in the learning. Um, and they're kind of socially constructing views as well on technology. Um, and they're, they're really, I suppose, acting as aids to each other in the learning process there. And then I suppose you have socio-cultural constructivism as well. Um, and this is one that I suppose, you know, we would be kind of used to more so in the adult spectrum of things where you know, you could have, for example, we have fantastic digital communities of practice at the moment, 
but that's kind of a culture that has been predefined where people are socially constructing their view. So they're sharing their experiences within that predefined culture. So I think, and you see huge forms of learning coming from that as well. So I think, you know, in going back to the, our learners in classrooms and in applying it there, I think what constructivism does is it challenges the way that they're engaging with technology, maybe themselves at home in a more passive way, where they could be just scrolling through news feeds on various social media platforms. And it nearly models for them how they could be using technology in really innovative ways that they can apply, of course, within the educational settings, but hopefully that they would, you know, I suppose, invest in those skills and apply them outside of the classroom as well. Um, there's also a thing called radical constructivism. Have you ever come across radical constructivism? I have, I have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the expert, yeah. this, is, this is fantastic where like, it's only what's in your head that is actually true, like which. Yeah, yeah we haven't gone that. We haven't gone that far now yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Although sometimes, you know, on a Friday, Friday afternoon, I think in in your classroom it might be applicable. I don't think there's probably any one particular way to answer the question. I don't think it, it should look any particular one way because I suppose going back to my previous answer. I do think that education in the 21st century should be adaptive and flexible in nature um, and meet the needs of the learner in supporting them to kind of thrive in that, you know, ever evolving society um, in terms of, you know, digital technologies. We see all the time huge advancements being made in that particular area within education. And that is now feeding down into our curriculum as well, which is great. Um, so I think you need only really look at the last few months to kind of see an example of you know, something that we couldn't have planned for, but yet will have lasting impacts within our education system. We can see it already, um, you know, in our conversations and in our school support, because schools are saying that, you know, we tried this during lockdown, A and B worked, maybe C and D didn't, but we're going to keep on with A and B and see how that now can feed into a blended learning approach. So if we do need to close down or if we do need to engage in blended or distance learning in the future, we kind of have ourselves set up. So I think, you know, our formal education system needs to, and, and it does, um, learn from those situations and inform curricular reforms with them as well. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so what I was going to say is we just have a couple of minutes left. Um, so if we want to, I don't see any questions in the chat or in the Q&A, but maybe somebody um, would like to ask, uh, any of us, any questions? Uh, we're here. And if not, we can chat anyway ourselves. <laughs> so yeah, a few things that I've, 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 I've written down there, I suppose, as we've gone through, as we've gone through the conversation. And um, one was to do with, Michael, you were saying you're working with teachers who are confident, and you're also obviously working with teachers who, who lacked confidence. Yeah, yeah in, in, in the whole, the whole, um, the whole immediacy, I suppose, of what was thrown in front of them. But I think it's fair to say teachers have done fantastically well in responding. Oh, hugely. We've really been blown away on our team. And um, I know some of the advisors are, are on the call here as well and would speak to that. You know, schools have really gone above and beyond uh, what, you know, in terms of what we've seen to date and in terms of what they've managed to achieve in such a short space of time. Um, it, it, it definitely gives us a huge sense of pride that we're on the digital technologies team in the PTSD because we've seen huge growth, phenomenal growth in the last number of months. Um, and I suppose, you know, that's really down and that stands testament to the, the high caliber of teacher that we have in Ireland. And of course, the school leaders as well, you know, principals, my God, have put in 
so many hours and I think midterm couldn't be coming soon enough really for schools at this point because I do think that you know you can nearly reach a point where you're kind of nearly webinared out of it or you're you know you kind of just want to take a break from the digital platforms and I know myself um, in going back to the theme of the, the webinar here definitely social media I, I take kind of intermittent breaks from it because you can find that you know you're just looking at negative spiral after negative spiral uh, and that can have a, a you know a, a total psychological and emotional effect on people so it is good to kind of take a step back um from it for yourselves but yeah just to to, to commend the, the absolutely phenomenal work that we have seen and even like you know we're well used to working with you know a variety of abilities but even those who were less confident have had to upskill in a huge amount of time and put in you know we were getting emails and we were getting calls during school closure we were flat out uh, onto teachers and onto schools looking for support um, looking for ways that they can upskill themselves while they're at home how they can use their platforms more effectively at the beginning of support, I think we would have seen typically schools were kind of getting up and running with the platforms and they were developing confidence in that. Whereas towards the end, what we would have seen um, were schools now that they're a bit more confident using the platform, they're exploring the features a bit more. Now they kind of want to use it more in terms of giving assessments um, and effective feedback. So they're, they're using it in really, you know, I suppose high achieving and really engaging ways for the learners as well. So huge credit is due. I think to the teachers of this country and the school leaders and indeed all the staff in the school that make it happen as well. And um, um, Helen, you, you you always get nervous when I start asking you questions. I, before, well, I, I'm going to say now, I have a question to ask of you, Dermot. Oh dear. <laughs> no, I have, no, no, no. I've got one question from, from the audience. So just this person is wondering what software did you use, uh, uh, Dermot, and what did I use? So I just, uh, I'll answer first. So what I did was I used OneNote and I just basically maximized the page, blank page, I have a Surface Pro um, and I use a pen and I just drew in that and I use Screencast-O-Matic actually, um, which is just a plugin into Google, which I got from Khan Power. Thank you very much. I've been using it up since uh, March. And um, so that, and I got that from, Khan had posted that, I think, oh no, it was to the computer science uh, community on Slack, um, but it's, it's fantastic. So Dermot, what, what do you use? Okay, so we, we, we um, yeah, we, we, Great fun, I have to say, uh, during lockdown. What did I, so predominantly we used Google Meet or Google Hangouts in order to set up a video conference. Um, then we used very simple things and I was showing this to uh, some of the, my colleagues and some of the students there. We, we, we had one student who was out and the last couple of days and they wanted to plug into the class so using Google Meet, we used a share screen function. And on the share screen, we just simply had the, I think it was the Edco Learning um, bookshelf up and the Bailbio online book. So Bailbio was a sixth class Irish book, uh, Helen. So we had that okay, page yes. up. So for example, everyone can see the same screen. So everybody can engage in a very traditional uh, textbook um, lesson. Like it's, it's extraordinarily simple to do, but quite effective. Or certainly, you know, if at the beginning, if you're nervous or concerned about anything, stick with what you know. That was very, very simple. Um, obviously, we used Google Class then, used OneNote or, yeah, OneNote for um, maybe showing procedures in mathematics or um, typing out answers. 
used Google Class, then kids were writing at home. Um, you put that up on the shared screen again, you go through the corrections, you know, engage in a kind of a, a writing workshop. Um, you see, you got me started now, Helen. This, this so is I'm going to stop because I've got a, another question yeah. for you. So what was the actual software you used to make that little video, the three minute video? What, what's the name of that? Doodly. Doodling. 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 Yeah, yeah, doodly. Yeah. I have another oh, here, question. So you see the way I, I'm, Dermot can't ask me any questions because we're <laughs> oh, ready for it. Yeah, so, all right, okay. So, Michael, there's a question for you from Sarah Jane. What was a highlight for you? I know it was tough, but I found lots to be grateful for and would be interested to hear what stands out for you. Yeah, I suppose the team that surrounded me uh, in the advisors, I think that's what the highlight for me was. Um, I think right back to March the 12th, uh, we were in a meeting in Athlone for a completely different reason. And we heard, you know, we knew at that stage there were kind of whispers coming through in the media that school closure was probably going to be imminent. So I remember booking a room in Athlone Education Centre, grabbing a load of the advising of both primary advisors at the time that were at another meeting there and kind of saying, look, we, we, we need, you know, we had brainstormed around it because we all kind of had the agreement that we need to kind of have something up ready for schools. If this happens, we want schools to feel that we're being responsive, that we're, we're supporting them. And by five o'clock that evening, we had up the website, despite uh, uh, an electrical blackout at the time, we had to move from an ed centre to a hotel to finish it off, but it was up. And then it's just been, I suppose, uh, it's just been the, the huge amount of, you know, be it screencasts or presentations or instructional materials that the advisors, you know, created in such a short space of time, anything that I kind of asked or threw at them, uh, they never, never said anything. They were always just, you know, I think there was a, a real sense of, you know, we're all in this. We're, we want to support our colleagues in schools around the country in any way that we can. Um, and we, we got great feedback on it. And I think that gave us, and me in particular, I suppose, a great sense of pride in the work that we did um, and the feedback that we got. And it also gave us great ideas for resources because in teachers feeding back, what they found useful to us they were also letting us know and we were also asking them what areas would they like more support in so it gave us the opportunity to create supports that we knew were going to be useful uh, and i think that was a highlight for for all of us as well and there's just some more kudos here someone says agree i think people really step, stepped up and your team were heroes thank you very much i'll pass that on thank you great questions okay so dermot are you going to ask me a question now or no, oh yeah you know <laughs> yeah okay right so so you're at the coal face like uh, obviously michael you 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 are at the the kind of i don't know if meta level is is the correct way of putting it but you're you're more design as opposed to the the practical uh side to it so sarah what's what's different what's different in the, what are you doing different in the classroom me yes <laughs> as a teacher at secondary level Okay, what I'm doing differently in the classroom this year to last year is that I might have a student at home, so I have to dial them in using Teams. I would never have even conceived of that this time last year. Uh, sometimes I have, I have fifth and sixth years and I have half of them in front of me in, in the class in the computer lab and the other half are in another classroom. So I get the students that are down in the other classroom, they all join in on Teams. And some of those actually might be at home. And uh, so I'm broadcasting, you know, either screen sharing or it's uh, this week we've done a Kahoot. And um, so these are the things that I have never done before. Um, 
and that's and also actually what I had to do on Friday was I had to uh, we had to my myself and my my family my uh, we had to re restrict our um, movements so on Friday I had to uh, teach from home and we had to run a test with uh, my second years so there were you know teachers in the classroom supervising and I felt like I was uh, in you know Big Brother or something like that or Red Dwarf I've been watching Red Dwarf and I felt like that person in the corner uh, projected on the monitor so they're the three different scenarios that I have done in the last couple of months I'm sure yeah. lots of everybody else has done it as well yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the key to it because like, there are differences like from our our aspect we were uh, we were having a chat about this uh, just informally, you know, the past couple of weeks, past two to three weeks, we've noticed people are a little bit afraid. There's a bit of fatigue setting in, anxiety with the uncertainty about what was to come. Uh, this is the last two weeks, so it's up until, I suppose, the announcement was made on Monday. Um, but like, we've found that we've slowed down a lot, if that makes if that makes sense. We've slowed down. Now, we're going into things deeper, we would argue, certainly, as regards to the the content we're teaching you know but certainly we've slowed down you're not overloading them or you're 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 trying not to overload them certainly um as much in the classroom like you're not moving as quickly through topics um as you would have done previously slowing down letting them maybe um consume the information a bit more and then particularly the, this this week now we've we've just had great fun in the classroom um we we attacked the the bridge 21 model in the classroom so this is this is helen and i's favorite model ever to talk about uh michael <laughs> we, we 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 are we are just brand brand advertisers at this stage you know yeah. but we really brought it in to the uh, classroom and we set up this project with uh you know the stem boxes michael have you ever come across the stem yes. boxes yes 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 yeah there's one, there's one in there it's about uh you have to create a house and a, a house in the future, and you have to use three forms of sustainable energy in the house. And we got a load of microbits and some microbit kits. There's the uh, Internet of Things kit, and there's the Smart House kit. And we, we we've just put the whole thing together, and I swear it's just the best crack ever. Like the kids have been uh, they've been playing with uh, noise sensors, so. It measures the decibels, you know, the, the the noise level in the classroom. A light will come on, you know, and they're, they're they're going to put this into the house. And we were talking about like how is that sustainable energy? And we figured we should look. Kids never stop talking, anyways. So you know, there's there's something sustainable in that. We had a temperature sensor, and the temperature sensor then once it went above a certain uh, degree Celsius, a light comes on, and that's that's reflecting uh, geothermal energy. You know, and it's it's just great fun. Now you walk into the classroom, there's boxes, there's people's painting, there's people coding, there's people doing all sorts. Like, but so what? Like they're enjoying it, we're enjoying it. I did a sub teacher in the last couple of days, and they're 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 having great crack out of it as well. And um, I think that's that's one of the changes that I'm seeing happening is teachers are more prepared to say, you know, this is working well. Let's just go at it. Leave the kids at it. Even if it eats into your, you know, yeah. the other time, like your spelling test or all the, the, the stuff that had to be done maybe traditionally. And it's, it's just great. <laughs> yeah. It's great to see smiles on everyone's faces, you know? Yeah. 
Great. I'm just look. I'm very conscious of the time, and given the topic that's in it, I think it's time to wrap up, everybody. You know, it's been fantastic, and like some great ideas. Always with these, uh, I learned some new things, and I think that's what this is all about. It's just sharing. And uh, thank you so much, Michael, for uh, taking the time this evening and for preparing. You had your homework, and uh, <laughs> it was really great. And Dermot, thanks a million. And Hassan is in the background there somewhere. And thank you, each and every one of you who joined us this evening. Um, we will be working on our next topic. I'm not sure if anyone has any ideas or anything that we want us to talk about. Uh, you know, you can, um, how, how do they contact us? <laughs> so, yeah, but they can contact through, through Ceci because this goes yeah. up on the YouTube channel and it goes up Ceci on Ceci Tweet. Yeah. yeah, so we could maybe ask, have you, have you managed to sustain yourself through this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or one on magical constructivism might be interesting. Ah. Give me a stem box. <laughs> right. Take care, everybody, and thank you very much. And thank you very much. Don't go Thank Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. No problem. Thanks a million.